Yeah? I've got a question here about a toothbrush. Purple Stuff Podcast, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite holiday films. Which one is it? Home Alone. <laughs> that wonderful score by John Williams. Oh, man. You know, only now as adults can we appreciate the talent that was behind the camera on this movie. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's really monumental. It was a blockbuster movie. I was around, I think, like 10 years old when it came out. And I remember seeing it opening night in the movie theater was packed. And yeah. we just had so much fun at that movie. But yeah, John Hughes and Chris Columbus, man, it was very big. Yeah, I don't know if I saw it on opening night, but certainly like opening weekend. And it was the same deal. It was just a riotous theater experience that I don't think me or my friends were expecting. Like yeah. we were just kind of going to the movie like, all right, this seems like something to see. And then we left being like, fuck yeah, I'm alone. <laughs> it was really unexpected. It's fun to go to a movie and really not know that you're about to see a classic. And in this case, it totally became one. And in many respects, it's almost on the level of like a Christmas story at this point, because some places show it for marathons during Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, and I love Christmas story, but let's face it, if you asked uh, 100 people to pick which movie they want to see, 95 of them are going to say Home Alone. Yeah, especially because it's more of a modern movie. You know, we grew up with A Christmas Story, but let's face it, time is getting away from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so tonight we're going to go through all the cool stuff that we love about Home Alone. We have a oddball list tonight, even for us. Yeah, it's kind of a mishmash, a mixed bag. Who's going to go first? Uh, I'll start. All right. Here we go. Home Alone. Number one. You ever heard of South Bend Shovel Slam? No. That's him. Back in 58, he murdered his whole family and half the people on his block with the snow shovel. Been hiding out in this neighborhood ever since. Well, if he's a shovel slayer, how come the cops don't arrest him? Not enough evidence to convict. They never found the bodies. Everyone around here knows he did it. Now, it'll just be a matter of time before he does it again. The first thing that I'm going to bring up about Home Alone is that I feel that it's actually a thriller. A thriller, eh? Yeah, it's known as a comedy, obviously, but there's many ways that it could be looked at as a thriller or even like a horror film. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm with you so far. 
Okay. So here's where I shoehorn in like a bunch of different things that I want to bring up. So it's actually a big cheat. Yeah. Um, I so think, no- I think, uh, I think we're all used to that one by now. Jack. <laughs> so number one, the whole story is basically a home invasion film. Oh, totally is. It's a kid's movie version of your next practically. Yeah, exactly. So number two is old man Marley. Oh, the South Bend shovel slayer who <laughs> murdered his whole family back in 1958 <laughs> and half the people on the block. <laughs> you know, he honestly makes me tear up when I watch the movie even now. <laughs> really? Well, I was prepping for the show and his scene like at the end when he yeah. reconnects with his son. Yeah. Niagara Falls. That gets you? Yep. It gets you right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so number three, at the beginning of the movie... Before the family leaves for the airport, yeah, it's heard that the phone lines are cut, which is a total trope from oh, like a horror man. thriller. That is totally a horror trope. You're right. Yeah, I feel like you're not buying into this. No, I, I, and you know, I'm actually just, I, you know, you gave me a buzzword for this. You just told me you were gonna say that it was a thriller. I'm like, okay, I don't know exactly what you mean, but now that you're explaining it and I'm yeah. processing it, I'm realizing that you're right. And that if we got like a clean audio version of this movie and put like a carpenter score over it, it would totally work. (laughs) So number four, the scary demonic furnace that I always bring up in the basement. So apparently as it was originally written, that was supposed to be this crazy effect scene where that, thing actually like runs after him mm-hmm. you chased him out of the basement mm-hmm. oh you knew this okay i was reading about that yeah it's wild number five there's a scene where all of the shelves in buzz's room fall down on kevin you know it's played for laughs but if you watch that scene it's really disturbing. Like, this kid gets crushed by a ton of shelves that literally break and fall on top of him, right? Yes. So, to me, that's one of my things, because look at all the crap I have in my condo. If it all fell on top of me... Yeah. Now that you mention it, it was a little uh, brutal. If you or I had that issue where all of our shelves fell on us, we wouldn't last a second. We'd be, like, moaning and pretending we were half dead. Oh, yeah. And, Reaching um, for our cell phones like we're Luke like, reaching for the saber on Dagobah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, dude, at this point, we can't hit our shoulder against the closet door without taking three days off. <laughs> Can you imagine going through that? Yeah, exactly. Walk into the coffee table. You're like out of commission. Oh, fucking God damn it! <laughs> Son of a... Son of a... <laughs> then the signature look. When Kevin is on the poster, he's doing the scream, which is the big famous painting where the character has his uh, hands on his uh, cheeks. Holy shit, you're right. Which is also what the ghost face character was based off of in Scream. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. Number seven, Chris Columbus, the director, he was said to have a fear of burglars as a kid. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those things where... He wanted to direct the film probably to work out some of these childhood fears that he had, which is another reason why it you know, leads me back to this. And and last but not least, discovering the extreme face burning qualities of aftershave. Yes. Felt the skin right off. Oh, my God. That brute. <laughs> you know, you should have done this as a Twitter thread. You would have made the moments tab. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like you're really onto something. The aftershave, maybe that's a comedy yeah, that's option. But the rest of it, everything before the aftershave, you're really painting a picture of a, of a horror movie here. I'm going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. Number two. I made my family disappear. So before I get into the nitty gritty with this movie, I just wanted to back up Kevin McAllister being home alone is the best. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like when you watch the movie back now, you realize that Kevin was sort of doing the G rated version of what we used to do. Yeah. Anytime my house was empty, I would not wait five minutes before I was in every dresser and every closet looking for anything that was adult related in any way. Yeah, you were bad. Oh, I was terrible. Like <laughs> nobody's stuff was off limits. I would break every boundary. Oh, really? Yeah. And then like I might sneak a sip of some gross liquor, you know, not because I was actually going to get drunk or anything, just so I could feel like a bad boy. <laughs> watching like the smuttiest movies i could find on cable i have to say like i was so boring in comparison i usually would do those things anyway if my parents were gone it wouldn't make a difference to me it would just be like another day you know <laughs> yeah i mean well i guess they gave you a lot of rope in my house like you couldn't make a step without getting scrutinized by somebody okay so, yeah. like uh, the reason this movie resonated with me is because, and I think a lot of kids, it's because nobody gives you me time when you're young. You kind of just mm -hmm. have to grab it when it comes. Right. I remember being left home alone. If my parents were going out, I would sit home reading comics all night. You know, that was like my my night. Yeah, it still is your night most nights. <laughs> I was such a dork. <laughs> I mean, so did you get into, like, any crazy antics other than trying to steal sips of liquor? Uh, no, I guess no other antics. I mean, I would do all this stuff, and then, of course, by nightfall, I'd be petrified for something. <laughs> you know, the, the wrong commercial would be on television, and that would be it. Did you ever do the old, like, I'm totally scared right now, so, like, you, you like, put the stereo on real loud or or, like, do something to kind of, like distract you oh no i would never put on the stereo real loud then i wouldn't be able to hear all the ghosts creeping up behind me i wanted complete silence even the television was a no-go every light was on every sound was off oh my god yeah fuck that i was half crocked on 20 year old brandy <laughs> it's so gross yeah but yeah that's my uh first thing is that the premise of the movie really hit hard for me back then yeah, it was like one of those things that we just always looked forward to. Still look forward to it. Oh, yeah. I still cherish those very rare moments when I actually have like a full day with this place to myself. <laughs> I always have my place to myself. Yet I yeah, still, you're spoiled. I, I just love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I get to be home alone. I'm like, oh, that's every day. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> every day is home alone. I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. Number three.
My next entry for Home Alone is the brilliant cameo by John Candy as Gus Polinsky. Oh, yes. So John Candy shows up a little further than halfway through the film, mm-hmm. which to me was like it was really something else because you're into the film. Like the first time you saw it, you're into it. You're, you're like, this is fun, having a good time. And when John Candy shows up, that solidifies it. Oh, yeah. As, you know, like, oh, my God, holy crap, because he was like one of the funniest guys. And to see him show up in that as a member of a polka band who were big in Sheboygan, just the icing on the cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. He he validated our feelings on the movie. Yeah. Like, once like, we saw John Candy, we're like, all right, see, we knew this this movie was good. And there's John Candy. Yeah. It was like he was batting cleanup. Like, you know, you already knew it was great. And then bam. So so apparently he improvised all his lines, too. And especially the entire story about how he left his son at a funeral parlor. Oh, you're kidding. He improv that, huh? Oh yeah. God. We left the, the little tyke there in the funeral parlor all day. All day. You know, when we went back at night when, you know, when we came to our senses. And there he was. Apparently he was there alone all day with a corpse. <sighs> Now, he was okay, you know, after six, seven weeks. And I came around, started talking again. And it was so great, that whole part where he's uh, with all his band members. He's trying to describe the mild success uh, that <laughs> the band had. We, we They sold like 600 copies yeah. of the album. You know? <laughs> but, I mean, that's one of my favorite aspects of the film. And for the past few years, I've proudly worn my Kenosha Kickers t-shirt during the holidays. So oh I've been... God, that's right. You do have that shirt, don't you? <sighs> yeah, I'm just really a fan. I think it's one of the coolest parts of the film because you're just not expecting it. And it is like kind of offbeat, but it works so well. Plus, it was John Candy. I mean, even as kids, like we knew like he was the man. Yeah, he's totally the man. Yeah. It's, it's weird because like he died like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, it's been a while. But whenever you're reminded of that, you're still so sad. But he's always with us, during, especially during the holidays. You know, yeah. you got planes, trains, and automobiles. You got uh, you got Home Alone. It's true. We I just am... talked about him with the Spaceballs uh, yeah, bar. No, another classic <laughs> holiday film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. At this time of year, you end up seeing John Candy more than your family, really. <laughs> Polka, polka. <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. Gus Polinski. Oh, polka king of the Midwest. Number four. What is the matter with you? He started it. He ate my pizza on purpose. He knows I ate sausage and olives and Look what you and- did, you little jerk. Look what you did, you little jerk! Oh, oh man, I hate that guy. Oh, well, Uncle Frank, <laughs> he's such a dick. Oh, that's actually my <laughs> my first note is that big dickhead. <laughs> like to me, Uncle Frank, he's the real villain of Home Alone. I'm so glad you brought up Uncle Frank. And there's a whole theory that he originally was going to be the main villain of the movie. Is that, <laughs> I don't know if you read that. No, yeah. there's there's a theory yeah. that Uncle Frank was going to be the main villain. How is that going to work? He was going to be the guy who set up the robbers and he was going to have them rob the house. It was a, it, You could see it online. It's a, It was a whole story. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah so but no, I, oh, wow. That's a, that's a eye opener. Yeah. So what a jerk off. What a fucking dick. 
<laughs> so, like, all right. So even removing the aspect that he may have uh, set this whole thing up for whatever reason. Yeah. You still have this guy who is not really a blood relative and he shouldn't have any say over anything in Kevin's world. Mm-hmm. But he does because he's his uncle and nobody else is paying enough attention to realize what an asshole he's being. Right. So I don't know about you, and I'm not going to name names, but I definitely grew up with some Uncle Franks. You know, for me, I don't know if it was like an uncle. It might have been an aunt. Or... No, no, I'm not saying it was an uncle. I'm saying I've had people, other adults in my extended family that had like an Uncle Frank quality. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So yeah. like even now when I see these scenes with Uncle Frank, I just want to fucking kill him. <laughs> Yeah, because there's people that overstep their boundaries. Like, hey, you know what? I don't even know you. <laughs> That's the thing. And let me ask you a question because I know you'll back me up on this. Yeah. When you're a kid, you can get yelled at by your parents, whatever. But there was nothing worse than being yelled at by someone who wasn't your parents. Oh, I I hated that. And I never stood for it. I was like so belligerent if that happened. <laughs> See, I wish I had your, uh, your, your braveness because oh, like it would happen to me and I would just like go quietly into my room and put them on my Arya Stark list and all that shit. <laughs> like, and I just hold the grudge forever. I was, no, I was very vocal. I wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess I could see you kind of getting bent out of shape over something yeah, like that. Yeah, I would lash out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this stuff must have really affected me because I was watching the movie back and Uncle Frank, he's in the movie for maybe four minutes. Yeah. But as a kid, I was like, I was obsessed with him, obsessed with hating him. The way they filmed that one line and everything, like, it was so biting yeah the comment the way he delivered that line it was, was filled with a, hatred oh, what a yeah. burn look what you did you little jerk look what you did you little jerk <laughs> like he simultaneously shushes the whole family so they could hear him say this horrible thing i know <laughs> <laughs> and originally the actor was supposed to be kelsey Grammer that they wanted for i that. read that and i mean that would have been pretty good I mean, the thing is, though, this guy was like 50 times more evil than Kelsey Grammer. So. Yeah, even the way he ate those cocktail shrimp later in the movie. Oh, <laughs> fucking can't stand Uncle Frank. <laughs> Although I will say that he does have the one redeeming quality when he's saying uh, to put the real silverware in, her, in his wife's purse. That I always <laughs> use that line. It's real, real silver. Put it in your purse. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, Uncle Frank was a jerk. Total fucking asshole. I think that guy was in other stuff. I, 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 like, I was trying to figure guys. it out. Let's look him up. Give me a second. I, I think he's one of those guys where you're like, oh man, I've seen him in a million different things. Let's see. Let's see what old Uncle Frank was up to. Uncle Frank. Jerry Bammon. Bammon? B-A-M-M-A-N. Bammon. Oh, Baman, Gary, yeah. Jerry Baman, Batman, Batman. Ba Jerry Batman! <laughs> Jerry Batman! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. I can't say that I've seen any of it, but he certainly had a, a long career. I'm just going to assume that this filmography, which is 67 lines long, he's playing the same Uncle Frank character in all of it. <laughs> Law and Order, Canterbury's Law, Harrow Island. It's all Uncle Frank. Number five.
Matt, have you ever ziplined? <laughs> <laughs> because this one has to do with Kevin ziplining into the treehouse in the backyard. Classic moment. Out of all the cool traps and escapes that Kevin conjured up, this one was my favorite because it looked like the most fun out of everything he did. Yeah, it was it was like basically the the Luke and Leia Star Wars swing. In yeah, Home Alone. it was a big moment. He ziplines to get away from the wet bandits. The wet bandits, of course. Yeah, so he conjures up this whole thing where he's got a rope going from the inside of the house to the treehouse, and he's got a bicycle handle, which is like how he's going to zipline down. Right. So with that, I started thinking, I'm like, what is my thing with this ziplining? And it kind of reminds me, it might tie back to that trap jaw story that I told on the show once. Jay, where... It is absolutely the <laughs> trap jaw story. <laughs> And also, like, the Toy Biz Batman figure had the zipline, too. I'm like, man, we grew up with action figures that ziplined. Of course, I'm obsessed with ziplining now, you know? No more than four years before you saw Home Alone on opening night. Yeah. You and your dad spent an entire freaking <laughs> afternoon thumbing a uh, freaking bakery time through Trapjaw's little hole. And then you made a zipline that went across three floors of the house while your mother was cooking dinner. Wondering what the fuck was going on, and you don't know why you're so obsessed with the zip lining scene in Home Alone. Trap jaw, battle cat, and He Man each sold separately, straight not included. That reminds me of like the humonga cowabunga from Down Under. You know, it's like, well, it's dinner and then the zip lining story. <laughs> So anyway, I think my point here not only is that it's cool, but it actually relates to real life because a few years back, my sister told me that her kids and the neighborhood kids, all their friends, the trend was everybody had their own zip lines in their backyard. I took a step back. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Did you just say that the kids have their own zip lines? I was like, I, I was like, I can't understand. I can't fathom what you're saying right now. I'm not comprehending it. Yeah. I was like appalled. It was like, it ain't no thing. Just zip lining in the yard. No big deal. Just going to zip line, mom. See you in a few. To us, we weren't able to just go zip line in our yard. No, I never had the option to zip line. Yeah. So I guess it was just like, you know, what are you getting for Christmas? A new zip line. Where are are they getting zip? It's like Kevin had to make his with a bike, handlebars (laughs) and and rope. Was there like a Nerf zip line? Maybe in like the ritzier neighborhoods, the kids are like spoiled. I don't know, Man, but so I they, didn't have that luxury. Yeah, so there was a, a zip lining trend amongst the wealthier children. A few years back, that was a thing, I guess, in some neighborhoods. But I'm very jealous of that, and I want a zip line right now. Well, I think you should because I mean, like, yeah, this was a pretty cool moment in Home Alone. Yeah. But for you, it seems like it was a revelation. So I think you have to finally like make good on this untapped lust to go uh, ziplining. Yeah, I definitely do. But I think the real life ziplining trend had to have been inspired by Home Alone. For certain, 22 years after Home Alone debuted, if a ziplining trend began, it was definitely because (laughs) of that movie. Directly. (laughs) Where'd he go? Maybe committed suicide. Number six. Don't you know how to knock Flemwad? Can I sleep in your room? I don't want to sleep on the hide bed with floor. If you have something to drink, he'll wet the bed. I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass. 
So I know that Kevin's older brother, Buzz, was just about the most annoying character ever. <laughs> but I still had to give a shout out to his amazing bedroom. His bedroom. Oh, God, do I love Buzz's bedroom. <laughs> like, I get that he was mean and dumb and a total prick. But anyone with a bedroom like that could not have been all bad. And you know it's a good bedroom because they never showed Kevin's bedroom. They only never. Showed, they only showed Buzz's bedroom. Yeah, I mean, oh my god. Well, he had nowhere to go but down, so why bother? Exactly. <laughs> so Buzz had all of these shelves that more or less went from the floor to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And they were lined with an unimaginable amount of cool shit that was all super organized. Yes. Like, it's like your apartment now with all your geek shit. Yeah. So after I saw Home Alone, I spent the rest of my childhood trying to replicate that bedroom. Uh, yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, everyone remembers the tank with the tarantula. But yeah. if you study that scene and you actually, like, really figure out what's on those shelves, there's so much shit that people like you and me grew up with. Yeah, it's a treasure trove. Masters of the Universe, Bashasaurus. Yes. Koosh-ball. Mm -hmm. um, ant farm. Mm -hmm. Inflatable shark. <laughs> yes, the inflatable shark all the way at the top. Yep. And there was a boglin. Was there a boglin? I yes, didn't realize Yes, you only that. see the yeah. boglin after everything crashes, but he's in there. Nice. So, on top of that, he had that little footlocker. The chest. Right, right, yeah. where he kept like his Playboy magazines and his junior mints and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So on top of like getting my father to build me shelves like buzzes, I made my mom get me one of those cheap black trunks that all the department stores sold. Mm -hmm. And I just like lived out the rest of my years as buzz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not buzz. No, I, I hate to admit it because I know most kids who watch Home Alone saw themselves in Kevin. But yeah. I think I saw more of myself in buzz. <laughs> I mean, from a standpoint of a bedroom, maybe, but not from much else. I mean, I definitely related to Kevin. I was like the same age, kind of felt like we were kindred spirits, you know? Yeah. He could have been like a brother to me. Yeah. <laughs> what you're saying, though, yeah, my dad built me shelves for all my action figures and everything all around the bedroom. So I think we all kind of had that lust for Buzz's bedroom, and at least for me, what I could relate to to him was there was a lot of snacks and, like you said, the Playboys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also the uh, those figures you used to collect. Yeah, the starting lineups. Yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. And did you notice that there was chiclets in the chest? I did notice the chiclets. I didn't quite understand why chiclets needed to be hidden away. but <laughs> Yeah, that's his, his secret stash of chiclets. Yeah, there was a lot of food in that trunk. I was, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm so abuzz. Yeah, he had cookies, chiclets, he had chips. Twinkies. Uh, Twinkies, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of food in there. Yeah, so, I mean, he might have acted like a moron in the movie, but deep down, that was one interesting guy. <laughs> Buzz. Buzz. The real star of Home Alone. <laughs> Buzz, I'm going through all your private stuff. You better come out and pound me. Number seven. So when I was 10 years old, Matt, I still had issues with sayings and vocabulary and grammar things. Like there was things that didn't make sense to me. Yeah. 
And sometimes I bring them up on the show, and this is going to be one of those times. Uh-huh. <laughs> so one of the things that struck me when I first saw Home Alone, there's a scene where Kevin's parents were in bed, and they realize that they overslept. Yeah. So they both wake up, and they shout to each other, we slept in, right? Yeah. And that's when the music starts, and they start all rushing to try to get to the airport. So right, it's like right. the action really starts at that point. So it was a very key moment in the movie that was even shown in some of the ads on TV. And I heard that over and over in my head after seeing the movie, and I, I didn't know what it meant. I had no clue what it meant. I could gather that they overslept. I understood that. Right. But them saying we slept in, I didn't understand what that meant because I, no one ever said that to me in real life, you know? So I didn't know. I never understood it. It's an uncommon way to say it, yes. Yeah, so I asked my parents, you know, and they couldn't really explain it to me either because I don't think it's a saying that makes any sense whatsoever because (laughs) what did they sleep in? We know they slept in the bed. Well, they slept in their clothes. But what does we slept in mean? I, I can explain this one. Okay. So first off, I agree with you. They should have gotten up out of that bed and shouted, we overslept at each other. Right. (laughs) But it's when you sleep in, it's when you choose to basically just say, oh, fuck the world. I'm sleeping in. Yeah, but like, I I know what it means. Like, But I'm I'm, with you because (laughs) when you say you sleep in, you are talking about an intentional act. You do not sleep in by accident. No, I get that. But what I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not necessarily what it means but it's the words that don't make sense because you know what i mean like we slept in like in you're looking for you're looking for another word to be added to this basically (laughs) you're like you're waiting for them to finish the sentence we we slept in like (laughs) douchebags so it's one of those little like pet peeves of mine because you have a lot of these language quirks yeah because i felt like it was a major plot point and i think the only people who knew what we slept in meant were like older people who have heard the saying before when i was 10 no one ever said that like my parents never said we slept in no you know what i mean like we slept at an inn at one time I just love so, the idea of you being so thrown off by We Slept In that you can't enjoy the movie to its fullest extent. I know. It's stuff like that that agitates the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah. Like, you're the most easygoing person, but your triggers are bizarre and, like, big time. Your car could be on fire. Someone could break into your bank account and you just shrug. John Hurd says We Slept In and you're reaching for the bottle. <laughs> Number eight. You crunch taters, mighty mesquite. When that crunch explodes, knock me off my feet. That barbecue, I'm telling you, got a thunderous crunch, so tell the bunch. There's a real taste explosion. All right, this is a weird one, but I just had to mention it because when else am I going to have the chance? Crunch taters. Crunch taters, yes. Yeah, so there are these weird chips that turn up at least twice in the movie. You probably remember them best when Kevin's like eating that Sunday and watching television. 
it wasn't just a Sunday. It was a mountain of ice cream. It was a mountain of ice cream. You're right. A Sunday does not do it justice. <laughs> I had never seen Crunch Taters in person, but looking at the bag in the movie, you could see that there are these weird chips with an alligator mascot. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm obsessed with them after seeing Home Alone. Yeah. And I'm looking all over them. I could never find them in stores. Were you able to ever find these? No, we, I don't think we ever had them by us. But, you know, as I mentioned to you offline, I always was saying they were Crunch Gators because I saw the alligator on the front right, of the bag. Right, was that So a... I always thought they were Crunch Gators because you couldn't really see the whole bag. Yeah, it was not a big leap to imagine that bag saying Gators. Oh, but they they looked so good. Yeah, they did. And I'm glad you can back me up because I guess these things were like regional. So after a while as a kid, I just assumed that they were one of those fake foods that people dummy up for movies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the YouTube era that I saw that there were actually commercials. Like this was a real freaking thing. Yeah. I guess they were like a competitor to uh, Tato Skins. Tato Skin. Yeah. Like Crunch Taters sounds so inviting oh my god and that gator mascot like how often do you get to eat potato chips and hang out with like a cool cartoon alligator yeah, and he looked like a friend of like woody woodpecker or something totally did chili willy woody woodpecker and the freaking tato gator <laughs> gator tater gator tater yeah <laughs> or tater gator i should say but no the, that actually it appealed to me the specific version in the movie was uh, mesquite barbecue i believe or something oh my god and remember this is back in 1990 when just the word mesquite sounds so fancy Mm. oh i don't know what that means but i can't wait to lick it they used to (laughs) they used to bandy that one around like it was going out of style like mesquite oh yeah it's like wait this is mesquite this must be the real deal it's not just barbecue it's mesquite barbecue oh god i don't know what the difference is but jesus christ i am never gonna pick barbecue over mesquite barbecue (laughs) plus it's (laughs) mesquite Oh, uh, so I know this was like an odd thing to bring up. Just consider this me adding my name to the Bring Back Crunch Taters petition, which is well, a thing that really does exist online. Well, let, let's just say we both kind of whore ourselves out to those things because it's like, I'll take anything. If they want to come back out with pizzerias or tato skins or crunch taters or anything, like just, yeah, I'm on board. Any excuse to pretend that I'm eating something garbagey just because uh, I'm not, you know, a big cow who wants to eat garbage, I'll take it. Let's just say right now we have a blanket invitation to anyone who wants to bring back an old food item. Yes, we're on board. Crunch taters. Big flavors. Big. Extra crunchy potato chips. Number nine. A lovely cheese pizza just for me. Matt, you and I are kind of watching our intake of food, which it sounds ridiculous because we talk a lot about food and snacks. Yeah. But I will say that when you see pizza in a movie or a TV show, it always looks so good. Oh. You're so right. There's just no bad way to photograph a pizza. <laughs> I don't know if they shellac it or whatever, but it looks so good. Oh. And in Home Alone, 
I don't think it's ever looked better. Oh my god, you're so right. I mean, holy shit. You watch those opening scenes with the pizza, oh. the 18,000 boxes of pizza, you're just, oh, you're half erect. <laughs> just went from six to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, the kid walks in from Little Nero's Pizza, and he's got, like, 12 pizzas in his hand. It's like, oh, my oh, God. It's oh, like, have you ever wanted pizza more oh, than the moment you saw him walk in with 12 pizzas? Oh, oh no, and, no. And everyone's pigging out, and all Kevin wanted was a plain cheese. Mm-hmm. That's all he wanted. But so Little Nero's is, is really my entry for this, and... That is a knockoff, uh, their version of, like, Little Caesars. Right, right, obviously. Now, when I was a kid, they didn't really even have uh, Little Caesars in my vicinity. Same. So we were always kind of, like, bummed because we always wanted to try it. You know, little did we know it was just a chain pizza store. It wasn't a big deal. But now it keeps popping up all the time. Now there's Little Caesars by me. I just feel like it would be the perfect time to get some Little Caesars and watch Home Alone this season. Oh, God. let's Can we do that one night? That would be so good. <laughs> can we do that, like, <laughs> yeah, tonight? Can I just, yeah, can I just come there right after this? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, the pizza in the movie is, like, if I remember correctly, very New York style. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Little Caesars is doing, but that looked like uh, classic us pizza. It did look like, and you're right, because, like, in they were supposed to be in, like, Illinois, I think. Yeah. And that usually is, like, I know Chicago has, like, deep dish and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was just, like, regular pizza. Yeah. So people our age give a lot of credit to the Ninja Turtles for making pizza such a cool thing. But I think mm-hmm. you're right. Home Alone deserves some of that credit, too. And the thing is, how many times did Little Nero's pop up? I mean, it, there was, like, pizza throughout this whole movie. It's not only in the beginning. Yeah. Then it pops up again because he finally he orders his plain cheese for himself Mm -hmm. and he was so excited to get it you know and (sighs) we were excited for him to finally just get the damn pizza (laughs) yeah i mean that's when he gets the pizza that's considered the best part of the movie (laughs) as i was saying like trying to eat healthy is not the most optimum time to go for a royal pig out at little caesar's yeah but the plan, I think, this season is to uh, to do that and just pretend it's little Nero's. Look, it's it's the holidays. You can slip a little. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit. But, yeah, I think Little Caesars has, like, an allure to it for me. Like I said, I talk to people about it. It's like, yeah, it's just not even that good. Isn't that the little Roman guy who says pizza, pizza? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have Little Caesars near us, but we saw those commercials, so... You're yeah. right. We kind of grew up with between Home Alone's weird connection to Little Caesars and that little Caesar guy saying pizza, pizza. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like a whole thing that we never tapped into. So yeah. I think this is the year. 2017. We're finally going to make good on this Home Alone yeah. pizza thing. Although you better not punk out, because if I get 12 pizzas here from Little Caesars, <laughs> you got to be all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be protesting as I'm on my fifth slice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I can eat a quintus jar. <laughs> don't throw away those empty boxes. There's cheese on the top. <laughs> wait, wait. There's a little plastic round table we could use for the action figures. <laughs> Where's Weekway? <laughs> Two pizzas with your choice of a different five toppings on each pizza, all for seven ninety eight. Pizza, pizza. Number ten. I'm up here, you moron. Come and get me. You guys give up? 
Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. So you kind of touched on this earlier, but I just wanted to mention the insane violence mm, we see sure. when Harry and Marr finally try to break into the house. Yes. I mean, it is literally 20 minutes straight of them getting the shit kicked out of them. Literally oh, yes. 20 fucking minutes of it. It's over the top. Yeah. So I made a list of all the ways Harry and Marv get slammed. <laughs> you did. Not. I did. I have every single one in sequential order. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. They both get shot with a BB gun. Yes. They both slip on ice onto hard concrete. <laughs> oh, that one. Oh my God. Marv gets a flying iron to the face. Harry touches the flaming doorknob. Oh, yeah. Marv steps on a nail. Mm, which was a rubber nail, though, by the way. <laughs> well, yes, of course. <laughs> Harry's whole fucking skull gets set on fire. Marv steps onto glass ornaments barefooted. Hmm. They both trip on micro-machines. They yeah. both get hit with flying paint cans. They both yeah. trip on a wire. Marv gets a live tarantula put on his face. <laughs> they both get cut from a suspended rope and crash into a brick wall. And then the cake topper, Old Man Marley just smacks him across the head with a shovel. This is literally, what I just described is literally the entirety of the third act of the movie. And that was the absolute finale. What better way than to get beaten by old man Marley? <laughs> yeah, like, let's go through the uh, the Christmas movies, the classic Christmas movies and how they end. Christmas Story, he gets the BB gun. Christmas yeah. Vacation, he gets 10% or whatever the fuck added to his Christmas bonus. Home Alone, these two guys get wailed on with a shovel by <laughs> old man Marley. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this stuff actually got the film some criticism, but as kids, we, of course, loved it. They got away with it because they were playing it like Three Stooges type style. Well, I mean, they were, but I mean, it was still kind of gory almost. It was because there was so much of it. Yeah, you know? it was just incessant. <laughs> like, could you, you would never get away with that in a kid's movie today or at least a big one. And, you know, and realistically, those guys shouldn't even have survived the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're mentioning the part where Kevin breaks the shelves and everything falls on him. But look at these poor guys. I know. <laughs> it's the wet bandits. The wet bandits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by rights, they should definitely be, be dead. Yeah. <laughs> they got their asses it's, kicked. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny, though, because it's literally, I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. It's 20 minutes of the movie is this. There's a lot of comparisons and, like, theories about this film. There's a whole other theory that this film borrows all the beats and the uh, sequence from First Blood Rambo. The first I, you know, I read <laughs> that, but I couldn't tell if it was one of those IMDb trivia bits that someone sneaks in that isn't true because it's so preposterous. But I, mean, I guess it makes yeah. sense a little bit. It is very similar, I would think. Yeah. I, it's just the only thing it lacks is Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill that kid! So that was our Home Alone show. 
Yeah, I'm glad we finally did our Home Alone show because, uh, you know, I've been wanting to do it. I know you have, too. So it was good to run through this movie and kind of pay tribute to one of these holiday classics from our youth. Yeah, I, I totally rekindled my love for this movie because, like I said, watching it again, it has not lost a step. In fact, it's like even more easy to appreciate now because you can really get the craftsmanship and how well it's written and shot and everything and scored. The funny thing you said about the score and I'm sure you've read this or seen it in one of the making of documentaries, is that John Williams wasn't the original composer. Yeah, I read that. He came in afterwards, and it's like, you you think, like, what kind of a world do we live in? We're just like, yeah, just get John Williams. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh, <laughs> where, he's, where, he's, he's like the world's greatest movie scorer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that this was a John Hughes, Chris Columbus deal, but this is John Williams, and he's not even your first choice. Yeah. <laughs> like you you lucky guys that he agreed to this cuz he totally rocked it. Like that soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, so good. It's classic and every element of the film is just perfect. But just one more thing about the score is that the uh Mondo came out with the score on vinyl. Good luck getting that cuz it's like $300 on eBay right now. Really? Yeah, so if any of our Purple Stuff podcast listeners has one that they just want to send me, that'd be the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll get a bite. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So let's do the thing. Yeah, let's let's run it. Let's okay. run it. Um, now I'll go through some of yours. We have Crunch Taters. Mm -hmm. We've got the violence and booby traps uh, that Kevin set up. Yep. Being home alone for real. Yep. Uncle Frank. Being Uncle a Frank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then what else we got? We have Buzz's bedroom. Right. I will narrow it down right now to, <laughs> to the actually being home alone mm -hmm. and then Buzz's bedroom. Now, the one thing that uh, I didn't mention about being home alone in real life is that something has to be said. And we didn't even mention Fuller yet, but Fuller's told to go easy on the Pepsi. Yep. That might have been the one thing that I did that was like a little bit risque when I was home alone, like go crazy on soda. Because that was at a time when parents considered soda like liquid crack. Yeah. It's like, you can't give a kid too much soda because he'll become a demon child, you know? God, we just grew up in polar opposite households because they just used <laughs> soda to keep me away from them. It's, it's like hush money. Take a can yeah. of Pepsi and go inside. Oh, it was only like a treat for us. You oh, know? no. I was like 80% soda. I think I'm going to go with Buzz's bedroom because he had that Michael Jordan poster with the, the ruler on it. Oh, yeah. The old door poster thing. I had the same poster on my door in my bedroom. And it's just one of those things that brought me right back at that time. Because I love those posters where you could, like, measure yourself, the full-size posters. Yeah. So you could see how tall those guys really were. See, it's like, funny, though, because, like, I, I had a few of those. And you would always expect them to actually be life-size versions of the people but they weren't really you're supposed well, to hang the poster like three feet off the ground yeah i know what you mean <laughs> so it's like you would think you're gonna have this giant michael jordan lumbering around your bedroom and meanwhile it was just like sort of this impish version <laughs> or in my case it was like definitely not michael jordan chewbacca yeah, <laughs> yeah chewbacca <laughs> definitely chewbacca <laughs> So Buzz's Bedroom, that's the one I hoped you'd pick. That's the thing that means the most to me from this movie. Yeah, that was the best uh, pick, I think. And then from you, we have Zip Lining, Little Nero's Pizza, John mm -hmm. Candy. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the movie is secretly a thriller. Yeah. And We Slept In. 
It sounds like you were doing like Richard Dawson from Family Feud, like running down the options. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like him. Um, let's see. Man, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go a little narrows. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not just because of the whole like parody of Little Caesars. It's just like you said, the pizza and Home Alone looks so good. It does. It really did. So, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, put me on the spot. Do you have a favorite line of the movie? If you had to pick one, you can only pick one line from the movie. Oh, boy. Um, give me a second. Okay, yeah, me too. Oh, I do have mine. I know what mine is. Okay. So, it's the scene where Kevin goes grocery shopping. Yes. And the cashier is, like, questioning him and why he's there alone, yada, yada, yada. So finally, she asks him where he lives, and he says he can't tell her. And she's like, well, why not? And he just deadpans her, because you're a stranger. I love that part, too. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I thought you were going to say the same one as I. You know, like, I'm not going to say this is necessarily my favorite line, but one that always sticks out for me is when he buys like, little soldiers, and she's like, <laughs> looks at him like, and he, he's like, for the kids. <laughs> but like, I say that all the time, because... Like, I'll be at a cashier, like, with, like, a Monster High doll and, like, a Batman figure. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, you know, my daughter, she collects. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've done that trick many times. Yeah. You don't want anyone knowing what really goes on in here. No, no. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I hope you all watch Home Alone this season with lots of pizza. Mm-hmm. I am Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.